but our special guest today is a writer for the Memphis Flyer. You can follow her on Twitter at Sharon Shy Brown. This is Sharon Brown from the Memphis Flyer, and she joins us today. Sharon Brown, what is going on, my good friend? Hey, how y'all doing? I feel so special that you guys invited me on. And you should feel special. Pleasure to have you. Podcast in the world. <laughs> That's why. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Y'all must maybe start saying some names. You must think this is, I'm about to just throw some names out there. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on tonight uh, joining us as we rock and roll. Uh, it was a three-man show today. Three, I'm sorry, three-person show today. Uh, Get it right. From the Memphis Flyers, Sharon, the Grizzlies are in the midst of a four-game uh, losing streak, losing to the Golden State Warriors in the last game they had, two-point game, last second shot by Jordan Poole, Steph Curry was thrown out of the game. What are your thoughts on uh, the Grizzlies' four-game losing streak that they've got going on right now? Um, I think they will be fine. You know, they just came off of an 11-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, early in the season they had a had, had a seven game win streak and then they went on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. I think it's just growing pains for them and I think they will be okay. In the meantime, they're still second in the West. I mean, they haven't lost too much ground or anything. Denver is two point five games above them. Mm-hmm. Denver has a tough schedule left. I think they will be fine. There they are there are some struggles that they are having with the free throws free throws mm-hmm. and everything, but I think they're gonna be okay. I, I think we need to get off the ledge right now. So you think I need to get off the ledge? Because I'm yeah. I'm my toes are uh if my toenails are any longer, I'd be flipped over that joint for real. Because I'm definitely teeter tottering over the edge right now for sure. I, I think they were figuring it out and I think a lot it has to do with coaching, uh with the lineups. I know Jenkins can only do what he can do, but I think some of the lineups that he has out there is it just don't work. And I I, I don't know. He has to figure it out, and they have to work and play together. What's the best way to do that, Sharon? Knowing, you know, with that Stephen Adams is going to be out these mm-hmm. next three to five weeks, and knowing how important he is to the offense, and, and you know, in your view, what what's the best way to to sort of fix the mess right now offensively? Well, basically, they need to make their free throws. <laughs> That's one. That will go a long way. You're right. You're right. Worst That's team one. Be- yeah. yeah, because if they made the free throws. Some of these games they would have won. And then they need to use Jaron Jackson Jr. better on offense. Yes. Because they are, there are plenty of times he has man down low on the basket. They never throw him the ball. And I don't know why this isn't major for Taylor Jenkins to let them know, seek out Jaron on offense. But it's just like he's invisible at times with them. Jar, Jar included. I mean, they need to get him the ball, especially when – uh, he has the low, lower man on him. They have to do that. They have to get him more involved in the offense. That's just plain and simple. You can't rely on Ja all the time, especially when he has triple teams and everybody's going at him. I was uh, what you're saying really lines up with my next question I have for you, Sharon, because we talked about Stephen Adams being away from this team, and it's something that just kind of sticks in the back of my head a lot. I talk about it either on there or off there is that Steven Adams creates a interesting conundrum for this team because he's a guy who's definitely not a guy at 28, 29 years old that you think is part of the, you know, distant future. Like you don't think he's an integral part of the, you know, core going forward with this team, but he provides so much 
of the lifeblood of this offense. But this team being such a bad shooting team the way that it is, he gets so many offensive rebounds and put balls back that you almost have to have him on the court because he's, you know, we saw last night we could have used, you know, some of his rebounding against guys like Kevon Looney uh, last night. It's like you you try to make him where he's not the vital part of what we do, but he's so important to what we do. The playmaking in the post, some of the defensive things he does this year have been crucial. But on the other end, he's a huge liability when it comes down to free throw shooting. He misses a lot of shots, you know, in the paint or whatever. And it kind of stops Jaron from being the center of the future for this team. And like you said, we don't get Jaron involved. It's, it's almost like we it's almost like we're uh calling him too much. Like we're treating him like he's, you know, uh, a rookie or something in the league instead of letting him instead of using him to his full full, you know, capabilities or whatever. How how do you explain that conundrum? How how do you what what's what's your theory as far as is having Steven Adams as a guy who's important on this team and also looking towards the future and contending because you don't want to tank what we're doing, you know what I mean? But it's just it's just so so many confusing parts to the whole Steven Adams thing. Is it just is it us saying that Steven Adams is not the future of the team, or is it the team saying that? That's a good point because we've never heard them say that. But exactly, he, he, he because just they, that it makes you it makes they, you wonder. Right, it's just like they think that he's an important part of the team. It's us that's saying mm-hmm. this, that saying that Jaron is like the center of the future. And really, I don't think he played good at center, but that's just me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that Stephen Allen is an integral part of the team because he makes John Morant better with those screen assists. Mm-hmm. John has more points in the paint when he's out there. John plays better. Stephen Allen is a facilitator out there. And they, it's just like what he has, they don't have that right now. What it's, he brings to just, the table. It's just so confusing because it's like Jaron is one of the only like like tall fours left in starting lineups in the NBA. You know, I mean, most teams play a 6'7", 6'8", 6'9"-ish. You know, what we used to call small fours, you know, maybe 10 years ago, those guys are all power fours now. So it's like they, it's like you can't really put Jaron in the post with Adams out there. It's like it's it's kind of it's so confusing to me as far as what their plan is. But like you said, they've never vocalized that Stephen Adams is not part of this organization's long term future, and then he just got an extension on the contract. And so it's it's just interesting to see how that how that whole thing goes because we see the value with him when, when he's gone for sure. Most definitely, he's yeah. very va- valuable. Very. What it, Sharon? What's fair to expect? We know Danny Green uh, expecting to make mm-hmm. his. Know, debut early February, February first, whatever. What's a fair expectation, Sharon, for 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 Danny? We know he's thirty five. He's coming off injury. No, he obviously feels good about his where he's at. Seems like the organization does. But but what's fair to expect? Is he going to be a a a solution? Or, you know, a, a guy that can help on some nights. What 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 are you expecting from Danny Green? Um, it's not going to be an instant thing because he's been rusty. He hasn't been playing in a while. But I think he's going to bring good things to the table because he's going to be on the actual floor with them. And he mm-hmm. can, like, give the guys guidance instead of just sitting on the bench. He can be on the floor and can help them in that way. But I don't think it's going to be an instant thing. You get, you get I, me? I, I just don't yeah. think it's going to be instant because, you know, like, the rust is going to be there. Right. The adrenaline in the first game probably be good, but as the games go on, People gonna, you know, gonna be like, well, we should have traded him if they don't trade him. You know what I'm saying? 
Does your gut tell you they'll stand pat at the deadline or that they'll make some? Yeah, I can can definitely see that for sure. Um, it hurts to tell with this group. I just don't, I just don't know. My, my heart is telling me they would still in pat, but they may make some minor trades. I I don't know. But so if they, um, go ahead. You, You can go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my my internet started, you know, tripping a little bit. But uh, like with the whole trade deadline, is there any when you do you think they should? Do you think there's any chance they make a major move? Like it affects the starting lineup. Do you think there'll be something more towards the middle or the end of the rotation? Oh no, I don't think they're gonna mess with if if they mess with the starting lineup, it would shock me. Yeah, very much so. But um, minor moves probably um, something with Conchar and Tillman. Maybe I'm not sure. Well, a lot of fans kind of getting up up in arms about stuff that they're doing, stuff they're not doing, expectations. I was ready to jump off the ledge because, to me, you know, I have championship expectations for this team. I think that this team, with the right breaks, with health, the right shake in the in the uh, NBA playoff, the brackets, the way they're set up, I can see this team winning the entire NBA championship. What do you think – what is your personal goals for this team? Like, What, what makes a good season uh, this year? Um – if they get past the second round, for me, so that would you, be a good goal. You just want to, you just want to, you want to see them conference finals, basically. Yeah, right. Finals. right. Mm-hmm. Because every year Ja has been here, they have made, made improvements. I mean, mm-hmm. if they don't get to the finals, I mean, it's not going to make or break them. They're, they're still a young team. So if they get to the Western Conference final, mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be good enough for me. I, I'm sharing. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, I, 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 I ask you this: I, I, Do we have a tendency? I don't know whether it's us as media or or even as fans watch. Are, are we rushing this thing? Because it's like I mean, not not to put this all on the shoulders of my man Sam, but he, but he's talked about. It. You know, a couple of days ago, we're doing we're on the ledge. We're saying, okay, there's a you know, Saints on the ledge, saying we're you know, this is a window we can compete right now. And I truly do believe that Memphis is a contender. But but do you get the sense that? You know, we're talking about a nucleus as, as mostly of guys that are under 24 years old. Do you get a sense that we're trying to rush things? Maybe because they, they're like beyond, you know, like they're a young team. And people didn't expect them to be this good this soon. And then I think the expectations go high. And then like when they lose, people just go off the ledge, like go we crazy. said. Right. People just go crazy. Well, they need to do that. They need to do that. I saw yesterday when people was playing fire the coast. I mean, like for what? <laughs> yeah, like, if you hang out really? in the Grizz, are you serious? If you hang out in the Grizzlies Twitter spaces, you'll hear you'll see a lot of uh, Coach Jenkins needs to be fired type stuff. I mean, somebody even brought up Lionel Hollis yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, are you I kidding? Me? <laughs> I'm like, are you serious right now? I mean, why would you want to fire this guy? He's the second winningest coach in Grizzlies history. Why would you fire him? He do make dumb decisions, but what coaches don't? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> wow. But I, I <laughs> think it's just us. Our expectations, expectations are too high for the team. I mean, they have some growing up to do, but hey, they still one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking, of course, to our good friend Sharon Brown of the Memphis Flyers. She's joining us on Grind Season today. Sharon, um, we've seen many people talk about uh, the Grizzlies and the Warriors. They just wrapped up another uh, hard-fought game. The Grizzlies are 0-2 against the Warriors this year. 
uh, hard-fought playoff series against them last year. Lost a very deflating loss on Christmas Day after all the hype and and, and excitement about that game. Uh, very deflating loss. And then another loss again last night. Um, with that being said, uh, if you ask different people, they'll tell you different things about is this a rivalry, is it not a rivalry? Uh, 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 Draymond Green came out and said the Grizzlies need to win against us before it could be a rivalry, that type of language. Uh, people in Memphis, of course, think it's a rivalry. Uh, the fans uh, go back and forth towards you. I mean, Isaac, Isaac Simpson has been arguing with Warriors fans ever since the playoffs last year, uh, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, with that being said, what's your opinion about the Golden State-Memphis rivalry? And also another thing about that that particular rivalry is that it's going to have an end date to it because guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond, they're going to move on. So that's that's a that's a rivalry. You don't know what's going to happen in the next two to three years. Who do you think sets up um, to be a, a potential long term rivalry for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies? And also your opinion on the Golden State rivalry? Oh, uh, the Golden State rivalry that is like so funny to me. So they talked to Clay Thompson last night. He's still mad about the um, Andre Iguodala situation. Bro, mm-hmm. get over it. <laughs> so right. what? Dylan Brooks said something about Andre Iguodala. Get over. it. And then it's just like these are two regular season games. It's not the playoffs. Regular season games. They have mm-hmm. two games in Memphis. Two that they might well lose. Okay, mm-hmm. so they win the season series. That's fine or whatever. It don't matter. It's not the playoffs. Right. Even if they they might not even make the playoffs. That's so, a good point. I mean, they might not. They may. They might not. Someone else might take them out. They might not even see Memphis in the playoffs. But um, it's a it's a good little rivalry thing going on. Hey, Memphis uh probably will beat them at home. They won on their court. I mean, like, um, Memphis should have won the last game. The Christmas game, they game, to me, it wasn't embarrassing to me. You know, that's the game they wanted. But, again, a regular season game. That's yeah. what it is. It's just bragging rights for fans and for the players. It's a regular season game. Mm-hmm. And the rivalry, I think, uh, long-term, maybe Dallas and – the Pelicans. I can see both of those. Both of those are division teams. Matchup. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. We we've. It seemed like that Dallas one is kind of. That's the one that seemed like it's boiling over more than anything because we haven't got them in the playoffs. But there's there's a lot of animosity on. I think in order for something like here's my thing, just to simplify, there are a lot of people debating about is this a rivalry and and people. I heard people, um, Jason Jason Williams and um, what's the show that comes on in the morning with um. Keyshawn Keyshawn Johnson and Jason Williams they were talking about it and they were like uh, the Grizzlies haven't won enough games haven't won a championship I was like man look if it's all this drama between fans and between the players talking all this back and forth it's a rivalry y'all can say what y'all want to say it doesn't matter who's winning and all these things like if if you guys have got this type of animosity towards us even if y'all are dapping up showing love you guys are getting up both when both teams are getting up for each other. That's a rivalry in my eyes. I, so, yeah, it really is. And yeah. and it's just like, I mean, people say the Grizzlies they talk too much, they can't talk because they haven't won anything. That's bull crap to me. Yeah, I've seen a lot I of mean, people talk they never won nothing. So. I mean, like you can talk all Gary you want. You just entire have to back it up. Exactly. <laughs> Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they can talk noise just like uh last night. Reggie Miller retired without a ring is one of the greatest talkers of all time. So right. But here's the thing. Last night I saw Golden State talking more than Memphis did. They was just talking, just all you know, all this mm-hmm. and then and whatever. But what's gonna happen when you know the tables are turned when it comes to Memphis and they lose? What's gonna happen then? 
Yeah, it's well, you just know, hogwash to me. Talking pent up for sure. Again, we are talking to Sharon Brown. Oh, go ahead, man. Well, I, no, go ahead. I, the reset. We're talking to Sharon Brown, of yeah. course, of, the, of yeah. the Memphis Flyer. She's been kind enough to join us uh, on this edition of Grind Season. Sharon, is there a big difference for you whether the Grizzlies finish one or two? Uh, obviously, that doesn't. You know, nothing is guaranteed at this point. I know Sacramento is what three and a half back. You could still fall back if you continued on this path. But um, for you, is there is there a major difference between the one and the two seed uh, in terms of the Grizzlies getting it and and you know you, you've got home court in both, but does it matter at this point? To me, it doesn't matter as long as they stay number two and don't slide down too far. It re- mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter because it's like those teams like fighting. Like for the seven and seven to ten spot, that was gonna be some tough matchups. So I rather yeah. for them to stay too. And then and then and then fill this in for me, Sharon. Mm-hmm. The 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 Grizzlies will win the Western Conference Finals if you fill in the rest. They stay healthy, work on their free throws, and just um take care of the ball. Pretty simple. All right. Pretty simple. Real quick, Shane, we're going to let you get up out of here and do your thing uh, for the rest of the night. What is your all-time favorite Memphis Grizzlies moment? Not particularly this season. Like, since in your day one fandom of the team, what's the number one moment for you? Um, When they came back and beat the Clippers uh, that night when um, – Yeah. yeah they was down yeah. 0-2. Uh-huh. Zebo got thrown out the game. Tony had popped his collar. That's like yeah. my favorite moment. Oh yeah, that was that was the the memphification of, of the Memphis Grizzlies for sure. That was the night they became our team to me. Yeah, that's that's yeah. like that, that was my favorite moment. It's just like that will go down. You know, and then that Jaw Dunk comes second. Mm-hmm. The one he did um on the Pacers. Yeah, they come number two. Okay, I got you. Well, Sharon, we appreciate you coming on Thank with you us so today. Much, Sharon. All right. Thank you guys <laughs> for having me. <laughs> All right, Sharon, we will see you. Enjoy it. Again, that was Sharon Brown of the Memphis Flyer. Follow her on Twitter. Uh, Sharon Shy Brown. She's like, uh, all right. It's her Twitter. She was like, all right, y'all, I'm out. <laughs> like she has some food cooking or something. But, yeah, good Pretty stuff, funny. man, for sure.